0: Welcome to The Long View. This is a podcast about stories of vocation and formation, and we're your hosts. I'm Jane Wassum.
1: And I'm Tim Baumgartner, and our guest today uh, is Renata Vicente. And I'm not going to say that well. I don't speak Portuguese, but I'll right. do my best. Uh, so Renata uh, graduated from Emmanuel um, about five years ago or so. Um, she grew up uh, in Brazil, in Guaena, uh and she... Worked as an advertiser and sort of in the creative world and a professional career before she came to the U.S. to, to get her MDiv at, at Emmanuel Christian Seminary. And, uh, and then she's been back uh, in Brazil, working in Brasilia at uh, First Christian Church in Taguatinga. Renata, welcome. We're so happy you're joining us.
2: Thank you. I'm happy. I'm so happy for being here. We
0: would love for you to first of all tell us like a little bit more about your story if we got anything wrong about that yeah (laughs) or the parts that are right my (laughs) pronunciation the parts that are right but just yeah tell us a little bit more about your story and uh and a little bit about how you got into seminary and ministry
2: so i grew up as you said in Goiania. that it's the capital of the of goias one of the states in brazil And my home church uh, had... A great influence of American missionaries. It wasn't found by American missionaries, but um, they came to help in the beginning of the church. So I'm talking about the Fife family. Mm-hmm. So my dad was a kid when they came to our hometown, and then he was ordained when he was, I think, that 18.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. He was ordained pretty young. So in the same ordination, they had my dad and Robert Fife. I think that he's the eldest son of the five family so they grew up as best friends and i grew up with robert and their lenny's kids and when and yeah so robert knows everything about emmanuel he (laughs) i think that he's still trying to finish his demean yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it is probably it has been taking him almost seven, eight years. <laughs> yeah. Still. he's a missionary right now in Portugal, so we have to That's give okay. him credit. It's taken yeah, me that yeah. long
1: too, but I don't really have any excuses. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he told me about Imenu. He was the first person to talk to me about Emmanuel and then we also had Valdecida Silva in our home church and he was sent out as a missionary to Spain and after that he went to the U.S. and now he's living in the U.S. but working in Brazil for PBT and so he mentioned about it and he pushed me to go to Emmanuel. Uh, The reality was that I was working as uh an advertiser and working in advertising agencies but i knew that at some point in my life i would go to i would be a minister full-time and so uh, in 2010 i went to the u.s to visit emmanuel but it was the world economic crisis so emmanuel didn't have uh, the full scholarship for international students so I couldn't stay. But in 2012, I received an email from Emmanuel asking me if I would like to start my process again. So I did. And Good. in 2013, I went to Emmanuel. Okay. That's great.
1: Yeah, that's a quick rundown. <laughs> Good. So you talked a little bit about um, being convinced by by C to to go into, I guess, go to Emmanuel so you could do full-time ministry. So So what What was it? You said that you wanted to do full-time ministry. You knew that's what you wanted to do. What was it that made you want to to choose ministry as sort of your um, how you would spend your life?
2: So I was already uh, a lay minister in my church Mm -hmm. um, before going to Emmanuel. And I grew up as a pastor's kid. So both of my parents, they are ordained pastors. And I grew up in a family that worked all the time, uh, for the kingdom. So it was something like, for me, it was natural. It was a natural calling. <laughs> it was something like I could feel that it was what God called me to do. And when I, I think that when I was 21, I was uh, teaching, uh, Sunday school class for the teenage group of my church. And one of the pastors, it wasn't my dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was listening to the lesson and he was, I would like you to preach this for the church, for the entire church. And I was, I'm sure. And I was 21 and I did it. And when I did it, I, I had, I was sure that it was what I would like to do in my life. So it took me, because I went to minute when I was 33, so it took me 12 years <laughs> to go to seminary. But I know that it was the right time, too.
1: And so during that time, but before you turned 33, you think 10, 12 years or so, you continued to work at the church there? Yes, the- I did.
2: I continue to work at the church and especially teaching and preaching. So sometimes I I made jokes about it because I worked in all the positions at the church. So yeah. I oh, yeah. was uh, <laughs> a children's uh, minister. I was a youth minister. I was a women's minister. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I do did everything. I Yes, I did everything that I could at the church. So mm-hmm. so if you ask me what is your experience and I will tell you what kind of experience yes. do you need.
1: When <laughs> I mean, as a as a preacher's kid too, I mean you just kinda of have to fill those roles, too, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. So you work where they need you.
0: So you were talking a little bit about, you know, that calling that you knew earlier on sort of, but how especially even in that ten, you know, or twelve years how did your thinking about calling or vocation, did it change at all, you know, as you were working at the church, did you think about it differently, but just that calling that you had and the idea of working full-time in ministry, did you have different thoughts or ideas about that in that time period?
2: To be honest, I haven't thought about it Yeah, <laughs> while I was working because it was something for me at the time was something so natural. It was something like it was part of my life. And I think that this is the this is something that I see the difference between uh, the way that I was raised and the way the way that a lot of people are raised right now. Mm-hmm. It was we didn't have different departments in our lives. So our church life—it was part of the our entire life. Yeah. So it wasn't something. Oh, you do this for a church and you do this for your life. So when mm-hmm. I was growing up, it was yeah, this is your life. It's part of your life, and you you listen to God. And you do what God calls you to do. And sometimes it's teaching for kids. Sometimes it's preaching for women. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's helping with the cleaning of the church. Right. And this is the, the, the main point. And now, and when I was growing up, I sensed that God was calling me to preach and to teach. So this is why I went to Emmanuel. And also, um, I don't know how you... Feel about what I would say, but <laughs> so, so yeah, because I think that a lot of times we Brazilians are more mystics than mm-hmm. you. That's from yeah. fine. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're one so, of you. We're one of you. Mystics. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I, I don't know how you will receive this, but uh, I was in a conference and I listened to the Holy Spirit telling me that my, I was called to give people hope. And for me, from this point on in my life, I try to, everything that I do, I try to respect and to go through the lenses of hope. And it's interesting because a lot of times when I'm receiving, um, I have a very good presence in Instagram. So sometimes I put some reflections, meditations and something like that. And one of the things that I listen to most is that you give me hope. And okay. so I think that I am fulfilling my calling and my vocation when I do this. And when I'm preaching or teaching or when I'm counseling someone, I try to give this to those around me. I try to give hope.
1: So I, I've seen your social media stuff but unfortunately as I already mentioned, <laughs> I do not speak or read Portuguese so Seriously? I don't really know what it is you say so I'll <laughs> I'll look I'll look for uh, was it uh, is it? I know Esperanza in Spanish is hope. What is it in Portuguese?
2: Esperanza. It's okay. almost the same. same. Okay, yeah. Good. Yes.
1: I can pick that word out then. I'll look for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I had a very similar experience kind of for, for my, I guess, I guess, calling, you know, listening to the spirit. Uh, it wasn't That's as great. specific as you need to, to bring hope to the world, but um, it was more of don't do this. <laughs> and then I got to figure the rest of it out. So, you know, when you're struggling with uh, or wrestling with how to sort of live into that, and so you mentioned that you've moved around a bunch of different roles and uh, tried a bunch of different things out. So how, did you ever struggle with, with doubt in, in the calling and that vocation or like doubts into being called into ministry? And where, we'll kind of turn it back on you. Where do you find hope in your ministry?
2: So I'm having a very difficult week. my home church right now (laughs) so the church where i work and so i can share this a little bit with you and this week i've been asking myself if i am doing what Mm. i've been called to do if i am in the right place if this is the place that god is calling me because as you both know sometimes people can be harsh without thinking about it Mm -hmm. so we uh i have a very good friend here at the church and she is one of she's so loyal and she came to me to talk to me about some gossip that is going around Mm -hmm. and it's not um it's not for me at least it's not uh it's not easy to imagine that someone is talking something about me without coming to me and telling me what they're feeling, thinking. And also, a lot of times I think that people just want to talk without imagining the weight of their words. Yes. words. Yeah. So I have been having a tough week and asking this. But, <laughs> <laughs> however, through all the friends, God is reminding me that no matter what, I am called to give hope Mm. and I am finding hope in my friends words. So it's amazing to see how I have been receiving messages. And uh, even on Instagram, Uh, from people that sometimes i didn't have a lot of relationship but they are sending me oh i just want to tell you that your words are giving me hope and that you are very important to me and i am 100 percent sure that god is has called you to do what you you're (laughs) you're doing you know god is talking to me through them Mm. and i am even though i'm very sad and I think that I'm 50% sad, 50% angry.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. Understandable. Appropriate emotions. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So even though I'm having this mixed emotions, feelings, I am also uh, being comforted by their words. Hmm. And I know that it's God. So yesterday I received uh, a small gift from a friend too. So she sent me a sweet because I saw her. So she's a person who makes a lot of sweets. Okay, And she posted something and I was, oh, it looks like great. And she just sent it to me. Mm, and I cool. didn't ask and I didn't say anything. She just sent. And I know that it was from God. It was the Holy Spirit t- telling me, yeah, it's hard, but it will be okay.
0: Yeah, I think that, or at least I'll speak for myself, but I feel like we have experienced similar things or times mm-hmm. and I think that's really beautiful the way you talk about it and recognizing that those friends and the ways that God is using and speaking through you know people in the midst of like when you are hearing those you know like you talk about just kind of harsh words or words that um, that make you question and doubt you know and I will say like I've definitely experienced that and But I think that as you're saying, you know, God does speak through people and, you know, other things and hoping for you that you continue to kind of hear that, uh, those ways that God is speaking to you and reminding you, you know, of the ways that you are called and gifted um, for the work that you're doing.
2: And also, I think that there is uh, something that we have, at least I trust. I haven't thought about it, but now I'm thinking about it while we're talking, that it's uh, because I am a woman, and I'm a yeah. single woman yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. in ministry. I think that people, they they find it easy to tease me or to talk harsh about me mm-hmm. because because of it, yeah. because I am a woman. And even though I have to say that there is a huge difference between um, the women as pastors here in brazil and women as pastors in the u.s Uh, as i was I was part of the Christian church in the U S truly bothered me to say <laughs> to <see laughs> that it was a thing to ordain a woman. And right. you had yeah. to go through a lot of, <sighs> I was so glad that it was part of Hopwood. Mm. Because yes. Hopwood is a church that it's leading this path, but uh, it is still a discussion in the U S here yeah. in Brazil. I'm not saying that we, as I said before, we, we have problems because of it, but it's not a thing to discuss. So right. I think that the majority of the Christian church, they are ordaining women. So it's not something, oh, there is uh we are, we, we have to discuss the ordination of, no, it's not. It's, as I said, my mom, uh, when I was growing up, she was a pastor. Yeah. So it's not something like we we are still discussing. However, however, however. <laughs> there's the there's well, the but at, at least you have yeah. you're starting
0: from a at least you're starting from that place. So that's yeah. good. But yes, there is a however. Yeah.
2: However, <laughs> we're still facing all the sexism mm-hmm. and all the patriarchal mindset in our church too.
1: That, unfortunately. That, unfortunately, that cuts across all the cultures, I think.
2: Yeah,
0: and we have and we have heard that, you know, I would say kind of consistently from several people, mm-hmm. um, just even that phrase of it's easy, like you said, it's easier sort of maybe um, convenient has been used, but just also maybe it's just ingrained, you know, but it's just easy to kind of respond that way or to revert to that, you know, way of speaking to or about um a woman in, even in ministry or as an equal, you know, partner um, in that kind of pastoral authority.
2: Yeah. And people, sometimes I feel like, even though I went to Emmanuel, I studied four years, I studied Hebrew, Greek, and probably I have more knowledge uh, in this sense specifically than the other pastors here. Um, My dad included and the other pastor, People are still having problems with my sermons sometimes. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I do know Actually, what I are talking about. It's
1: like, I'm sorry if you're intimidated by yeah. that, but uh, that's the truth.
2: So, yeah. But what I do um, when I think about it, what I try to do is to have relationships with people. Mm-hmm. When I know them better, I love them better. And when I yeah. love them better, I can see um, how i I can see what's going on behind their behaviors, their yeah. thoughts, and I can pass the idea that they're they just don't like me or they do not accept to me. But it's not easy.
1: No, that's it's, not
2: that's not you know, easy. Yeah, and I
0: mean the thought that just sort of crosses
2: my mind is
0: there's not that kind of. Um, and like expectation of maybe men to do that. Yeah, like right. there, there's. It's almost like uh, sometimes a male may not be that relational or kind of have that separate. They can sort of have that separation. And yeah, it's not something
1: I have to think about or work past in order to get to what it is. I can still love this person behind the comments that they might have because mm-hmm. a lot of those comments just don't happen because. Right. I'm also, I'm a guy who's in ministry. I'm a white guy Mm -hmm. who's in ministry. So there are a lot of things that, filters that just aren't there that I don't have to worry about. So I I would take that for granted.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, it's good, you know, we have talked about, like, I would identify that with that as well. But we have talked about how, you know, relationships are the basis for Uh ministry. But when you're in that mode where that's, you know, it is extra exhausting as well and so you yeah. do have to kind of figure out where um, to do that but when that's kind of seems to be you know almost a requirement to <laughs> to work past a lot of these you know issues that we're talking about it's just it is an interesting look at for women in ministry but then also for males like whether to have that same expectation or
1: yeah some things might and be equal but there's not equity in that
2: and that's why we are women. In ministry, we are always exhausted because we are spending a (laughs) Mm, lot of energy doing things that our male colleagues are not doing. So we have to spend energy uh, talking to people, having, it's not that I'm saying that we don't have to have relationships, but we have, but we have to spend more time and more energy and even understanding in our relationships in order to love people and to understand what's going on in their lives, that is reflecting in their uh, sayings about us. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Sometimes it's it's never fair. It's always unfair. It's always yeah. unfair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we have to do it. Yeah. If we want to keep doing what we are called to do, we have keep doing. Right.
0: Well, and I mean, I guess maybe also a hope would be that that it there would be sort of a balancing
1: yeah
0: i mean Uh, a goal that's a goal
1: it's a a good hope to have yeah
2: (laughs) but also i think about the next generations Mm -hmm. of women and so i do what i do for them too Mm. yes i work the way that i work to give them the hope that they can do whatever god is calling them to do and they can have an easier at least i hope no. Né is for yes. you, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just mixed the language. That's okay. Uh, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. né is, it's, I think the né is our soul. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope that they will have um, easier path. That, that's it.
0: Yeah, even more reason, I think, to kind of help create that balance. Because otherwise, for them... In the future, if there's, if the expectations are kind of unrealistic about that, they're just going to be more and more, you know, burnt out. Um, Hmm. So I think even more reason to kind of help today, men and women, ministers and pastors to kind of create a little more balance of, of that, you know, expectation.
1: Yeah, that's the long view. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how different it is, um, you know, coming from South America versus North America and how some of those differences are maybe better or worse, depending on the context, right? You're still dealing with the, the sexism, but maybe ordination is, is an easier and more normal prospect. So it's frustrating.
2: It is. And I have to share with you, my. I think it was my first cultural shock. I was in a preaching class with Aaron Weimer. Yeah. And I think that we were six students, only two male, four female students. Mm-hmm. And one of the female students were talking about, the way that the her outfit when she was preaching and also about lipstick that she couldn't uh, wear lipstick because people were commenting about it and i was shocked wow because i love red (laughs) lipstick yeah (laughs) <laughs> Here in Brazil it wasn't a thing to think about it so mm-hmm. when I'm preaching I don't think a lot of course I think about my outfit in a way that it's respectful but I don't think about oh I have to look at this specific way in order to be respected it's not this so when she she told me about she was sharing about it and I was oh my goodness <laughs> are you living in the middle age yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad so, yeah. that, you don't have, that you don't,
0: you know, have to think about that as much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we don't. And, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you, we do not have to deal with sexism in the church. Sure. We still have. And we still have to deal with when you preach about God not being female or male, mm-hmm. people coming to you and asking you if you're a feminist. Mm. I am, but it's not the case. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the main point. Mm -hmm. it's the thing that people still think about god as a male and when you say god it's no male or female and people feel offended so we still deal with it yeah yeah
1: and we probably will for a few more generations
2: (laughs) for sure unfortunately yeah
0: what hopes and dreams would you say that you have For ministry, for either or both, your ministry there, but just uh, the work of the church.
2: So I hope that we first recover from COVID Mm -hmm. because we are still in the process. And I think that as all the churches around the world, we are still trying to figure out our place right Mm -hmm. now in the world after the pandemic. So we are still trying to figure out how we can be relevant and still be ourselves. So it has been very hard, but I guess we are doing our best. Mm-hmm. And uh, my hope is that we can find the way. And we are having something that it's really um it's warming our hearts right now is that we are having some new people coming to church, which is great. Mm-hmm. So we are having a new members. Uh, we will uh, show to the, the, I think that it's present to the church, the way to say it in English to present the church new members is coming on Sunday. So yeah. I hope that we keep doing it and we keep having new people coming and that they feel welcomed and loved in our church and they feel part of the body of christ so this is my and that we can uh keep developing our um uh, our callings individual callings because i also feel i don't know if you feel this in the u.s but i feel like a lot of people they are just so uh they they were um so afraid and then now it seems like they are just numb Mm -hmm. so they're not feeling anything they come to church and they don't want to participate they don't want to they just come to church and go back home yeah i think that's true Uh, yeah so i hope that they can find joy again in god and in the body of christ and for me (laughs) personally i hope to keep doing what god has called me to do even though I know that I will have a lot of this weeks, weeks like this one that I'm having right, right now mm-hmm. uh, with difficulties and problems, I hope that I can look at God and not only at people. And I hope that God keeps showing up <laughs> <laughs> in my life and through the lives of my friends.
1: Yeah, those are good hopes to have. Uh, like <laughs> we, we should all hope for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you are sort of going through your ministry and thinking about, sort of where you've been and where you're headed or how does discernment play a part of that what are some maybe spiritual practices that you have or um, things that you go through as you make decisions so what does d- discernment look like in your life
2: so i can share first a testimony about uh, me going to emmanuel uh, after uh, receiving the no because of the scholarship and the lack of full scholarship for international students so this uh, is something like i shared every time with people because I think that it shows how God answers our desperate prayers. (laughs) So I was uh, stopped in the traffic line nearby my house coming from my job and I was very tired in 2012. And I was so disappointed with my job and I was just, I was feeling like I just had to quit. And so I talked to God just like this god i need something new but i need something new now so do something i don't know what you would do <laughs> anything. i don't talk to anything. god all the, yeah. all, the, all the time but this time i did <laughs> so do anything you can do whatever you want to do but just do something something in my life <laughs> and the next day next day i received the mail from Emmanuel. Ah. So, yeah, so it was God answering my prayer. And normally what I do is I pray and ask for people that I trust to pray for me, too. So I've been thinking about going back to the U.S. to um, pursue a Ph.D. And I am in this process of discernment, in this discernment process. And I've been asking some friends to pray with me. And this is basically what I've been doing right now. So prayer and reading the Bible also gives me a lot of insights and answers when I need them. And it's not uh, because people think, oh, I will open my Bible and the answer will be there. It's not yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is in my time with God when I'm reading daily my Bible and he will say something through his Word, uh, and through the text that I'm reading on that day yeah I was going to say that's and an also, assumption
1: that you have that God will speak to you when you go to scripture mm-hmm. so that's a different exactly. perspective than
2: exactly and also uh, God talks to me a lot through my friends too so someone will come and tell me something and say something and it will be an answer for something that I've been praying
0: do you have so a basically. certain I'm just curious but do you have a certain way that you like to do that daily kind of time of, of scripture reading and
2: prayer um, so I am more organized in reading the Bible than in praying. And this is something that my time as a mentor in Emmanuel is helping me mm-hmm. because I made a commitment with Joy Eden, yeah. <laughs> who is my mentee, that we will have um, a regular prayer time. Mm-hmm. So, but normally what I do it is in the mornings, I so here in result, I don't have it here to show you, and people in, on the podcast will not see it. Anyway, <laughs> that's okay. Sergio <laughs> yeah, did the couple. same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I have a we have a, a specific Bible that it's called a Bible three hundred sixty five. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. they just basically they divide the Bible in. Mm-hmm for for the reading for the, a daily reading so i've been following it and we have a text from the from the old testament from the new testament from psalms and from proverbs okay and so this is basically what i've been reading right now and i also uh, so i i am a person who reads and writes a lot so when i'm reading normally i'm also writing okay. and this is something that helps me a lot and the prayer life as i said i am trying to do better Because normally, I do not do a regular prayer time. I pray throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, when I'm doing something, when I'm, I am a runner. So, when I'm running, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do a lot of uh, uh, prayers because of it. Yeah. Okay. But in a specific time, I am trying to do better.
0: Yeah. What, so I guess leading into, you know, if you're telling someone, maybe even your mentee, but other people, people listening to this, what encouragement do you have for ways to stay open to God in your life? Or maybe if they're seeking direction or discernment, what kind of encouragement would you say for them?
2: I I think that it's something that we forget a lot, even though it's unforgettable, <laughs> it should be unforgettable, is that God loves us. So as he loves us. He want to talk to us and he want to share um, his heart and his will with us. So the problem is that we are busy <laughs> mm. and as we are so busy and we have so many voices in our minds and hearts, we are not listening to God. So, I think that the first thing to do in order to discern the the voice of God and to discern His will is to try to quiet your mind, your soul, your heart. Try to find a place or try to find a time when you can just be silent. And, And I know that it's still hard. Yeah. hard to be silent mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes and
2: even when you when we are uh, in the midst of silence, our, our mind is still talking mm-hmm. uh, especially those who are anxious mm-hmm. as I am. so, our <laughs> so mind, you know right? <laughs> uh, our mind is going everywhere but when we have this time and when we quiet ourselves, uh, we can truly um, taste, be still and know that I am God. And I think that this is the main, the most important thing to be still and to stay there and to stay with God and to know that he loves us and he truly wants to share his will with us. But we have to listen to him and it's hard to listen to him when we're going everywhere all the time and even when only our minds are going everywhere all the time. So be still. Be still it trust. sounds so simple yeah you make that sound so <laughs> it sounds, easy
1: right
2: <laughs> yeah it sounds easy but we all know how difficult it is <laughs> that's
1: good advice i think uh, something we should all do more of in our daily lives
2: yeah and this is also something like i think that we can learn from meditation to from mindfulness and we can apply in our christian lives so i try one of the things that my psychologist told me is that you truly love running because while you're running you are running inside yourself so you're going deeper in yourself and it's so true because it's the time when i am more connected to myself and i'm more connected to god because i just don't allow my mind to freak out (laughs) <laughs> because if my mind is freaking out I cannot run so I have to this to make it to be uh quiet in order to run and so I think that this is we have to find a way to quiet our minds and to go deeper in ourselves and then when we do it we can truly listen to the Holy Spirit yeah
1: it's hard to be in that posture
2: it is it is mm-hmm. but I think that we we all have something that brings us to this place. And so for me, it's running for you it'll be something completely different, but you also have something. So I think that some people, they, uh, they do gardening mm-hmm. and it can be while you were there, uh, with your hands, uh, in dust working with the, uh, with plants, you can do it for some people. It's just staying quiet at home. all of the people i don't know i did a lot of good prayer time while i was driving around my hometown (laughs) and sometimes i feel like other people will look at me inside my my car talking alone but i was not talking alone. i was talking to god and look at me and say oh god she's crazy (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's because you're a mystic yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. they just don't know what they're missing yeah
1: (laughs) Well, I, I hope people don't miss this podcast because I really enjoyed our conversation with you today. Uh, it's been yeah. fun kind of hearing a little bit of uh, differences between cultures, but also some things that are that are the same.
0: I feel like I'd, I'd like to ask you lots more questions. I know, so we might. I know, same here. We'll have to have you back again. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun to, to hear some of your, you know, stories and just about um, your life right now, and we hope for many good things for you and all of your hopes and the ways that I, um, will continue to pray that God will be speaking through your friends and other things, um, to you in your life right now.
1: Yeah. Thank and if you, you uh, if you do come back to get your PhD, then you will definitely know more than the other folks in your church without <laughs> <Yeah>. a doubt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you probably already do.
1: So. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we would like to close our time together. Um, Mary Oliver is one of our favorite poets, and uh, so we'd like to close out with uh, her poem, Summer Day. You might be familiar with this one.
0: Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear?
1: Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand.
0: Who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down.
1: Who is grazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face.
0: Now she snaps her wings open and floats away.
1: I don't know exactly what a prayer is.
0: I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass,
1: how to be idle and be blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all the day.
0: Tell me, what else should I have done?
1: Doesn't everything die at last and too soon?
0: Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life?
1: Amen. Amen.
2: The perfect ending.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, I'm so glad that we got to hang out and spend some time with you.
0: Yeah, it's been great, and
2: I hope that we talk again.
1: And I hope your week gets better.
2: Oh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, sorry. Having me here. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it was a pleasure to be with you, too. Thank it's you so much. It's been fun. Thanks for coming on with
0: us. We'll see you later. See you. Bye.